Hello, everyone, and welcome to We Are Maroon and Gold, a podcast featuring me, Chandler Alsbacker. And me, Aaron Williams. Aaron, uh, I, I'm in a weird sort of week right now because I just spent, I guess I had a five-day weekend in Texas, and I'm about to have nine days off after this Friday um, to, to, to go to... Um, Lawrence, Kansas, of all places, but uh, just just kind of a, a weird thing where you, you you're you're in there long enough to like get back in the groove, but you're not quite fully in, if that makes yeah. sense. It's it's just a yeah, weird weird your spot. Head is, your head is stuck caught between where you just were and where you're gonna the, the 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 excitement of where you just were coupled with the excitement of where you're gonna be. I definitely know that feeling. Um, and we'll have that feeling come June when I have a lot of days off. But until then, can't relate. The sort of period in the middle is a bit more awkward because I can't go anywhere. <laughs> because uh, we got just a bunch of snow and just kind of have to sit for a couple of days. But, you know, we we deal with it. Obviously, uh, you and I were just talking about how it could have been worse. We, we expected worse. In some places, it was a lot worse than our neck of the woods because uh, you and I are pretty close to each other. But um, we've seen this enough. We know what the deal is, and we persist. Yeah, exactly. Well, well, well said. Today, persisting looks like a podcast that could be pretty short. We'll see. Um, next week, there will not be a podcast because of the aforementioned travel, but we should come back the week afterwards to talk about that trip. Um, and then I guess probably talk about the end of the Dofer men's basketball season. Yeah, I don't know how markedly our opinions are gonna have changed from the middle of the Gophers basketball season or the the three quarters mark, I think that we documented somewhat recently, but uh, yeah, we'll, we'll talk. We'll... We'll, we'll bring bring our bring our insight, um, our, our very knowledgeable insights. Like, man, it was not great, uh, and and more <laughs> callback for more favorites. But uh, yeah, we'll, we'll talk about it. At the very least, it'll get us talking basketball again as sort of a warm up for the basketball we really want to talk about. That'll be beginning the week after that. Yeah, exactly. For now, though, we actually have just a tiny bit of football to discuss mm -hmm. because this is principally a football podcast. Well, with all the football, we talk every single week. So one, the Gophers have announced the date of their spring game. That is April 22nd, 11 o'clock a.m. on Big Ten Network. You said you won't be able to make it for other reasons. I'm yes. somewhat concerned anytime the spring games is announced that weather will get in the way because that happens a lot, it seems. You know how April is in Minnesota. You 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 like to think you're out of the woods, but the truth is you never actually are. But um, hopefully the 22nd isn't so early that we're we're having to play this game indoors again. Yeah, yeah. Um, I found memories of the spring game. I think the spring game a couple years ago was the first, one of the first public things I did post post vaccination, if I recall. Um, so and that was a beautiful day. And I remember that was probably, that's probably right around the same time. I guess it's around the same time every year, probably late April. So yeah, weather was great that day. So hopefully you get what I got in 2021. 
Yeah, and of course, I was not there because the day before I had gotten my COVID booster and I was a wreck. Yeah. Um, or I guess it was the second dose, whichever one it was. Uh, so that's the uh, that's the first bit of news. The second bit of news actually relates to what's on the field. Beanie Bishop, cornerback, who came in from Western Kentucky last season, is transferring out. We don't know where, but it put the secondary in flux, we'll say. Yes. Um, because you were already going to be breaking in three new starters in the backfield, but um, you feel a lot worse uh, about that prospect now because you're going to have, I would imagine, at safety, Darius Green at Nickelback. I thought it might be Ryan Stapp, but it looks like it might be Henderson, the Southeastern Louisiana transfer instead. Um, and now Stapp is probably your number one on the boundary opposite Justin Wally, um, which is just, I mean, Stapp, he had a, a solid tenure at Abilene Christian and he didn't like kill you or anything and sort of, a small role last year, but um, he didn't do anything that just made you think, ah, yes, this is, this is the guy who's going to start next year and do a really great job. Mm -hmm. Cause looking at the other options, obviously Wally is the most sort of proven in the big 10 player, but you have a redshirt freshman in Tariq Watson, a redshirt freshman in Rylan Kelly, a guy who's mainly just played special teams, Victor Pless. He's been around for a while. Um, and then you have a redshirt freshman in Aiden Dewsby. And that's it as far as guys who are on the roster this spring and are, are holdovers from last year. So obviously uh, this is now instantly the um, the top priority in the transfer market when it reopens in, I think, May it is, right? Mm-hmm. Yep. So I, I don't know exactly what to say other than I thought Bishop looked very promising last year, looked very capable, uh, like someone you could rely on enough in a conference that doesn't throw the ball all that much at the very least, and probably a bit better than that. So, yeah, we'll just see where things go, and hopefully another cornerback comes in. Yeah, yeah, it's tough. I mean, he was real solid. And I mean, him to have, he felt, had to feel pretty good about bringing back him, Wally, and Newbin um, in the defensive backfield. I mean, that would be, that's that's three guys at least that you feel pretty good about. And you hope you develop some other guys alongside that to be, you know, Green, you mentioned a few others. But uh, yeah, it's, it's, it's too bad. You know, you wish him well. He's, you know, it's, Seems like a good, good, good fit here. Uh, you know, no ill will, um, but at the same time, it'd be really nice to get a solid, a solid nickel if one comes available. Agreed. And we'll get a chance to see Watson and Kelly and Pless and such in a couple months, as I said. But uh, also, if they're, I, I don't think they usually do open practices in the spring, but. Spring practices have, I believe, just started up, or at least it's sort of, it, it'll be that way soon. Um, I'm not exactly sure on the timeline, but uh, the uh, the early enrollees have arrived to campus, and so have the the transfers, such as Ryan Seelig and Tori Crooms, and uh, 
and uh, so forth. So you can look at the roster, see the, the new folks numbers, familiarize yourself with the new guys that we'll get more acquainted with in the coming months. Uh, as far as I know, there's not really any more news. It's been a pretty slow period. I mean, unless we want to talk about Tanner Morgan and the USFL. Uh, I wish I wish him the best. Tanner's a good guy. I hope he hope he thrives. I agree on uh, on every point of that. So there's who a draft for football him? talk. <laughs> you know who drafted him? It was the Michigan Panthers. Okay, well. That's good Good for him, good for them. I hope it's a fit. The USFL, notably, is a lead that does not actually uh, play in different cities. Um, for those of you unaware, I believe last year the entire lead was in Birmingham. And as far as I know, they're doing the same thing in 2023, but who knows? But anyway, so I, I'm here to talk about uh, the trip I went on last week. I was in Texas and uh, I decided to, this is this was a decision I made a few months ago. So Big Thief announced a, a, a series of new shows sometime in the fall that were going to happen in the spring. And they were hitting up mainly places that they didn't go last year. And they were mostly in the South. And so Nashville, Fayetteville, Arkansas, New Orleans, some places that I might want to go. We, you and I off the air were talking about like the, the, the show in Nashville was at Ryman Auditorium, which seemed like a really cool place to go. It's a great venue. Um, but eventually I, I sort of thought about it more and, and looked into it and decided, well, I, I could probably swing Austin, couldn't I? And I could spend some days in Texas, you know, and uh, not have to worry about lodging and stuff. And maybe if I talked to my brother or my brothers about uh, going, one of them might want to to use their car and uh one my older brother was a no but my younger brother surprisingly was a yes he doesn't do shows he hasn't seen a concert since rush on may 18th 2015 wow. um and in general i don't know we're, we're all kind of stubborn folk the Becker boys in in very particular ways and if he wasn't interested in, in something then it probably just wasn't going to happen, but he said yes immediately. So we got tickets to see Big Thief in Austin, and then they announced a Dallas show, and I said, well, screw it, um, unless the Vikings make the Super Bowl, which they didn't. They, did. they, they didn't. Uh, then I was going to go to Dallas and see them the night of the Super Bowl. And I did that, and I got to tell you, there, there are aspects of the trip that I think could have gone better mainly just taking the dart train when there's no one else on it at night knowing that like if you miss the the first train out of the venue you're going to be waiting a while for the next one and you know everything else about the logistics or whatever but in general um this is one of the cooler things i think i've done in a while i don't regret this at all yeah um i i've never seen a band twice in one week um, I hadn't been to Austin in, God, 10, 11 years, something like that. And um, I uh, I don't know. It's just it's really cool to see one of your favorite bands live um, at any time you can. And, and to do it twice in succession just kind of, um, I don't know, it's, it's a different thing because you get to 
see the differences in the sets. You get to just kind of, um, I don't know, it's, it, it, it's cool. That, that's, that's not the most analytical way of putting it, but it's cool. What was the venue in Austin? It was ACL Live at the Moody Theater. Yeah. I always get it mixed up because it's like ACL. There's like the, the, there's like the actual Austin City Limits Festival, and then there's the Austin City Limits TV show, which is not really related to the festival. <laughs> and then there's the uh, and then there's the the ACL Live, which maybe is related to the taping of the TV show, or like also maybe not. I don't know. Or maybe they do the taping. I'm assuming they do the taping there, but um, it actually looks like it. Is where they uh, they shoot Austin City Limits, so that's neat. Yeah, seen a lot of watched a lot of ACL in my day. I have a subscription to PBS Passport that I try to use a lot, and so there's a lot of old episodes there. And the this label I really like, New West Records, like the Texas Gentlemen are on, like Steve Earle, a bunch of other Americana stuff. Um, they have like the full archives of the Austin city limits, like, like DVDs, CDs, and vinyl. So I have like a bunch of, I feel a kinship to Austin city limits is what I'm trying to say. I'm very, very immersed in its, uh, in its charms at this point. Well, um, I thought it was a pretty neat venue. I thought the place in Dallas and deep Elm was pretty cool as well. Um, it was, uh, the studio at the factory was the place in Dallas, but, um, so I'm just going to run down some some highlights. I went alone on Sunday, uh, and I, I the main thing I, I took away was, one, I thought the crowd was really good. Yeah. Like, I, I don't um, I don't often notice the crowd, but, like, they were engaged. They were respectful. There weren't too many just random shouts at the yeah. band, you know, which is, I, I, I never did it. I imagine <laughs> – well, then there's some shows where that's, like <laughs> – where it makes more sense or it's more more appropriate you know if it's rowdy or something you know what i mean but if it's big thief which is tends to be more moody you know more prettier i don't know what the word i don't know what the right exact word is um less rowdy if you will um, <laughs> you know it's probably doesn't doesn't make sense no it, it didn't quite vibe and i will say that um so the first time I saw them was last April and they were basically all acoustic. I believe Adrian Linker, the vocalist um, guitarist was, she was dealing with a back injury at the time and seems like we're good now. Um, so instead of sitting on a stool, she was staying the whole time. Everyone was standing the whole time. except the drummer, obviously that'd be weird. Um, yes. But they uh, they played a proper rock show mm -hmm. most times uh, this time around, and it was that one was uh, that change was welcome. Not that I didn't love the sort of quieter show because I do like their quieter stuff, but um, like I mean they they I guess it just it had a, it inherently has a different energy energy a more fun energy, and I really appreciate that because uh, having fun is fun. Yes. But um, not only was the crowd really good, the band was like really appreciative of how they were. Um, they thanked them multiple times. Buck Meek was the opener um, with the drummer of Big Thief, James Trevchenia, playing drums, 
for fuck me. Um, and uh, during that set, they made it a point to to thank the audience. And then during the main set, Adrian Linker was much more talkative than it seems like she normally is, um, which I don't know, seemed uh, it was just kind of a, a, a good vibe. But um, anyway, just to uh, talk about the songs they played, they opened with Ruined, which is a song that um, I'm not sure how many times they've played it, but it seems according to Setlist FM that the uh, they only debuted it with the full band um, the night before wow. in Tulsa. Um, so they um, it's it's kind of a quieter, sadder song. Um, and then from there, they go right into Flower of Blood off of their album from last year. And that that's a song that um, at varying points hasn't always landed with me, but like in the, the week or two leading up to the show, it was kind of starting to, to creep up. And um, this was kind of a, a proper tone setter because it was really loud. It was really cacophonous. Um, and the, the, the large... Uh, the largest share of that, I would say, belonged to James, James Trefgenia, who, um, you know, when when you're seeing a quieter show, like the the drummer can impress, but he doesn't often stick out because he has to be more subtle most of the time. And here he did, he got a chance to like really bang on the drums and he hit them really, really hard. And he had some more room to sort of throw in some heavier fills and everything. And he he killed it. Um, he then killed it a, a couple song a couple songs later on Dragon New Orleans Mountain. I believe in you, which if you've listened to the album, you know was a very quiet song. But they've kind of reworked it as like a proper rocker now, which was a very fun surprise. I was just floored when they played it this way. Um, and uh, and they they did a, a few other sort of more upbeat songs the next one was a uh, a non-album track called happy with you um they played blue lightning which is always fun they played not later they played masterpiece um they had played masterpiece when i saw them last april but it was quiet it was all acoustic this time it was they went all in what was that you said no yeah it's different tone i imagine i'm saying yeah and they they just they played it like the as it is on the album um spot infinity always a big hit but uh i uh, i wanted to to note two songs they played that they haven't put out on on record yet um one is wanted you to stay which i had heard last april just a a, a very like sweet sort of calmer love song that i, I think would fit in pretty perfectly next to like certainty and 12,000 lines and and some of these these warmer songs that were on Dragon New War Mountain I believe in you and then uh, Vampire Empire which mm. I believe um I don't know exactly when they debuted it but it, it was it was not part of the set last April and they've played it um on all but one of their shows so far on this leg of the tour in 2023 and um I, uh, I I really like it. it. It didn't work with me as much the first show as it did the second, but um, 
you know, it was it was all in my head the next few days and looked up uh, if anyone had made tabs for it um, so that I can poorly attempt to not play it on guitar. Um, but big, big fan. And it, it's the the stuff they include that they haven't put on albums yet or as a single yet that's um makes me uh, a kind of long for um the a, a good live album or for them to like put these songs out um but it's also kind of uh i feel like a radiohead fan in like 2002 who's waiting yeah, for for true know. love waits yeah well yeah that they wait we wait we're gonna wait a while for that hopefully it won't be that long but uh yeah, I mean, they seem like a band. I mean, we always talk about like catalog bands and stuff. Obviously, they're a band that has, they're very prolific and have been around long enough that they have a lot of work. Um, but it's cool to hear that they're a band that also has that weird, <laughs> the B side element, you know, that Radiohead does, or I don't know, Pearl Jam does, or whatever, where there's this, there where the catalog goes beyond just the albums. There's rarities, there's live favorites. I don't know if they're covers, but. Um, just you know, weird songs that um, that you kind of have to be a true, a true, true head to to tend to know. And but you know, some of them, sometimes those can be the most rewarding, rewarding songs. You know, dig up on dig up on YouTube or whatever. I had a song like this a couple years ago um, that Lyle Lovett put out that I saw him in his concert and I was like, oh my god, that song is so so good. And he hadn't released, and there's only really grainy YouTube youtube footage of it but it finally came out last year and it's really really good so can can relate i guess is maybe what i'm trying to say but that's cool um that they're a band that really has those those b-sides that's a really good thing for a, a diehard fan of a you know a diehard band to have yeah and uh it seems like they're they're kind of keeping the same tour set list but um the fact they are willing to to vary it and the, i mean they they debuted a new song um just what's uh what was it um they debuted a new song on monday in orlando um which does have video on youtube like they're, they're still just breaking out new stuff which is uh really really cool um because they're they're good at writing songs probably shows why they're so prolific if you know what i mean i mean the fact that they just keep releasing music i mean Multiple albums in a year, 20 song album, you know, debuting live on the road. I mean, that's that's all you can ask for, right? Oh, absolutely. For it's it's rewarding for the heads. Yeah. Um, but uh, that's that's kind of the the Dallas show. Really cool. Um, I I did successfully avoid the results of the Super Bowl until Monday, but. We don't need to talk about how it got spoiled. I did think Buck Meek as the opener was really, really good. I was very impressed. Um, obviously, he's the guitarist for the full band, but um, he's been opening shows for them. And uh, he just he played some country songs and he's got a very country voice. And he had a guy with a pedal steel. And, uh, you know, he that's that's a good way to rope me in. Yeah. Um. But anyway, he, he opened the Wednesday show in Austin as well, which again opened with Ruined, then Simulation Swarm, Flower of Blood, um, Move Vampire, Empire, Happy With You up to the front. It was, it was the, the first half really made me think, okay, we're going to do the same thing as the other night, and almost did. Um, 
And then in the back half, uh, played Red Moon, which is a good sort of fun country-ish, actually just straight country western type song. Then Terminal Paradise, which is one of my favorites off of uh, UFOF, just a, a really beautiful song. Then um, we get Adrienne Lenker playing Not By Herself, where she's going really slow and not even... Um, Playing the song not by herself. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <Monica. laughs> was, yeah, yeah. She's playing the song not by herself, but also the way she's doing it is is not what this is what I was going to say. She's not playing it normally. Um not just because there's not a band, but be, like she's she's playing the the bit of the string below the is it the bridge? I, I don't know electric guitar terms well enough, but you know how on an electric guitar, you have the point where the the strings like uh, I guess they, they there's this little bar thing and then they cut down into the guitar. I think so. Anyway, so if if you hit those like they're really tightly wound and they kind of make that ding type of noise, and so she was she was just kind of doing a big chord on those, um, and then saying the lyrics and. It was it was a it was a good scene and the the crowd was like really they were down for it they were they were quiet um, but then after she done she's done goes through the song then they play not for real like from the the album just straight up even though she went through all the lyrics and everything they play it straight up and then and I, I the reason I I know this is because I looked up on YouTube and and just. There, there is a video from the Austin show. Um, Adrian Linker's guitar solo lasted 10 minutes. Wow. Um, which at times was, was really cool. At other times it was kind of like, okay, it sounds like we're reaching an end point. And then it went on for another three minutes. And then you thought we're reaching an end point again and then goes on for another few minutes. Um, but I mean, you know, she's good. And the band held it together. Um, <laughs> what was that? Go off. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was a, a an unexpected degree of of wankery, I guess. Um, yes. And and like I said, it's on YouTube, so you can go look it up if you want. But it was it was in general cool. Followed not up with Dragon New War Man, I believe in you, and then they closed the main set with Mary, um, which is another just gorgeous gorgeous song um from the uh, the back end of capacity um and you know they, they played it a little more electric i guess you know they, they didn't they didn't have a pain a piano out there it was the full band playing it but um just a great great song come out for the encore it's just spud infinity which um notably so one when they've been playing Spud Infinity, it's been Noah Linker, Adrian Linker's brother, um, playing the jaw harp. And mm -hmm. he gets a, a jaw harp solo, which the crowd is always into. Um, before they start up, they, I, uh, if, if you haven't seen them play live, there's sort of this moment of, oh, what's he coming out here for? And then he just does a single moin on the, the jaw harp and everyone goes wild every time interesting uh interesting instrument to solo on i don't know what the dynamic range in a jaw harp is but it's, it's not just... a lot 
Yeah. But it's still cool. Uh, but these two shows, they've um, they've had a member of, of Buck Meek's band, a guy named Matt Davidson, come out and play the fiddle, which they, they didn't last year. So you've got the, the full proper arrangement. But also it's a bit more energetic. The, the drums are a bit more pounding. It's a little higher tempo at points. It's it's a real, real crowd pleaser. Um, everybody's hopping up and down and having a really great time. And it's about as good a way to end the the night as, as you could want. Really, really big fan of this band. I probably will not go see them again this year, but um, they are in Madison in July. And uh, you, you did tell me the other night they are rumored to be a part of Pitchfork Festival. And that's only in Chicago. Who's to say? Who's to say? I never count myself out on you know. It's like you say you always say it's gonna be it's gonna be a quiet year, and then it never is, you know. Never, never is. Um, but like I said, I, I'm I'm really glad I did this. I hadn't done it before, uh, and uh, yeah, big big fan of this band, um, and I'm here to prostle up proselytize the about them as much as possible because uh with the right mindset you can love them too yeah um did you have any questions thoughts anything no no it's it's cool to see a band multiple times i'm trying to think i mean we talked about how many times i've done i haven't done that many times um although i'll be doing that this year i think with the avet brothers i think i'm going to see them at blue ox and then like a week and a half later at Red Rocks. So we'll see. We'll see how that that compares. But, uh, yeah, it's cool to see a band, you know, especially if they're a band that does, you know, have those subtle, subtle alterations and set list and arrangements and stuff. And, you know, throwing in different, again, covers or deep cuts or B-sides uh, can be really rewarding to see that, uh, you know, see a band multiple times in, in a week or a month or whatever. Um, so, yeah, it's a good I recommend it, you know, if it's especially if it's, you know, if it's your favorite band, if it's a band that you're not as into, you know, I mean, there's a lot of bands where it's like I can I can wait a year and a half to see you again. You know what I mean? But if it's the right band, that sort of thing can really can really uh, can really hit. And on top of that, it's really awesome to see, you know, live music at new venues and new cities. Um, that's always a favorite thing of mine. So, yeah, I'm glad, glad you did it. Sounds like it was a really, really great time. And I, I hope I'll see them at, at some point here. I, I'm. I mean, like Surly Festival Field seems like a very logical, <laughs> a very logical proposition. I don't know. And if they are playing in Madison in Chicago, I mean, it's like maybe, maybe, uh, I don't know. I'm going to Chicago. You know, that was a rumor I saw on Twitter. So who knows? But, uh, yeah, I mean, why, why not? Why, why not Surly? That's what I'm saying. They, uh, I mean, they they did pa- the the Palace Theater last time around. Um, I I don't want to dig through a set list FM right now, and or I, I say I I don't want to, but the the search engine just isn't good enough for me to make this work. Uh, but I would imagine they've probably done like first Ave or something before, yeah. and I think they could again. Um, but I, I I one last thing I will note here. Uh, I since I've now seen this band three times, which is the most I've seen any artist, we'll call Waxahatchee one and a half and then Rush twice. Um, I, uh, I broke out the spreadsheet. So we're, we're, we're now tracking the set lists. We're making notes. 
um, we're we're comparing uh, how often we're hearing different songs from different albums. Have uh, have you, I know I'm the, the the bigger like spreadsheet nerd here, I imagine, but uh, have, have you've seen like fish and um and and goose and trampled by turtles a lot if you ever consider something like this yeah so i've what i've thought about doing is my friend has a, a spreadsheet that just tracks very simply what shows he has gone to and he sent me the formatting in for it and everything last year i just haven't gotten around to doing it, it it's really hard because it's i've been seeing shows for so long that it's like that and it's a different thing than what you're describing i think um I don't know. Like I've thought about this, like with with like I could do that with Goose. I don't know if I would do a spreadsheet, but like I've thought about getting more analytical as far as the shows I've seen because I started following them and seeing them more recently. You know what I mean? Like if I did, like I just couldn't do for every time I've seen Tramp. I've seen them too many times. I've seen them ten times or something. Or Humphreys McGee. I've seen them like ten times. <laughs> you know what I mean? And I know I know in the in the I guess in the in some worlds that's you know I'm I'm still a noob, but um. Yeah, that's a lot of times. That's over a lot of years. So it's like, why start now? You know what I mean? But yeah, I've thought about that, especially with Goose, about getting more analytical. But I don't really know how how to do spreadsheets is the problem. And I know my friend sent me the template for his, and I I could do that. But it's like, even that is like, I'm like, man, that's a lot of work. I've, you know, I've seen hundreds of shows. You know, I see probably 30, 40, 50 a year, depending. So it's like, how do you... How, where do you start you know i don't know it's it's daunting i guess is what i'm trying to say i can see that i also uh i guess i like making if, if i have a thought like about a spreadsheet i can make i kind of feel a compulsion to just do it yeah uh because i i, I liked the order of it and it's it's good to sort of get my my thoughts on digital paper i guess yeah, and that's the thing that, um, you know, blogging does for me, I feel like, a little bit, is it helps me organize my thoughts. And, again, it's not like I'm a super, super analytical blogger or anything, but it's like it, you know, it helps you at least work through and remember and jog, jogs your mind. You can go back to it. You can see, you know, here were the highlights of that other show, which I'll do sometimes. Here's the venue they played. You know, it's a good way to keep straight for myself what shows I've seen, what I liked about it. Again, what the strengths of the band are, you know, what songs they played, even if it's not super, super organized, it still functions something like that. I feel like just the the act of writing anything down helps you, I think, process it immensely. Yeah, I, I definitely get that. Um, and. Uh, yeah, I I don't have any further thoughts other than. I'm 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 here for the quantification and uh um or how how do I say this that you that is a very that is a very fish fishy approach to <laughs> it is a very fishy approach but <laughs> I I would love to to see this band several more times you know th what what's cool about this is like I don't go to a lot of shows where like it's all people my age yeah um, like even Bon Iver, I feel like it tends like 10 years older than us. Generation older. Um, and, and obviously the who and, and the Dan and, and yeah. Rush and such just, it's all legions of people who are at least twice my age. And so, so like this, this is the, the first band that I could theoretically like latch onto while they're kind of fresh and relevant and yeah. then kind of take with me as long as they go. 
Yeah, yeah, it's it's cool to catch bands on their like original run and to, to grow with the band, you know, and and all that. Definitely, definitely hear that. That's again to go back to Goose. That's one of the things I really like about Goose right now is I really feel like it's a band. Not that I caught them, but like before. I mean, I caught them before they were as famous as they are now. But you know, they were they you know they've been on the upswing for a while. So, but. They're a band that feels like, especially in that particular scene that is so dominated by veteran, by the same veteran band it's been dominated by for 20, 25 years, or in some cases, 50 or 60 years. Um, it's really cool to have a band. To, I feel like you have a horse in the race where the, the band is kind of close to your age, you know, you which, which in turn leads to some similar, in this particular instance, some similar musical reference points, um, some common ground, if you will. Um but also just uh yeah feeling like you're you're sort of growing again you're growing with the band and you have it's not a band that was around i mean like for me like with fish it's like well they were around when when i was born they'd been around for 10 12 years so it's like there's so much mythology and so much already established you know before you're even you even think about getting into it that it's like you're getting into this world and that's cool i love exploring worlds you know that's awesome but it is also cool to see with a younger band like goose or in your case big thief to see that that world sort of getting built that if that mythology being built you know seeing the original run you know seeing all the reviews and and the fans and people latching on and the venues and all of that i mean that's it's a really cool and important important thing i'd say there's also not as much urgency to uh make sure you did a show in before they die yeah that's well let's hope you know yeah obviously uh, asterisks abound but i mean um i'm never gonna see crosby stills and nash so no anyway on that note i think that's the perfect time to to dismount right so like i said we'll be off next week but um when i get back we'll have another show for you probably to talk about the fog and other things but um anything you want to throw in before we go uh no i don't think so i think it's about it Okay, well, uh, have a good weekend, everyone, and we'll talk to you again soon. See ya.